Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Good morning! Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's time to wake up. <laughs> it's five. We're live. Oh, is this thing on? I don't care. I want him to hear. This is the pregame show. Your early morning shot of sports on 95.7. The game. Come on! Yes, sir. Good morning, family. Stephen Langford in on the pregame show. 95.7 The Game. Leading you up until... Six o'clock, and that's where the morning roast will take over. Triple eight nine five seven nine five seven zero. That's the text line as well as the phone number if you want to weigh in on anything today. And we are going to be going all across the sports landscape today. I wanted to start off with a little baseball talk because there was a big free agent signing last night that took place last night, which was by the Toronto Blue Jays, and how that relates to the San Francisco Giants. Uh, I want to talk about that to start the show. You're going to hear from Eric Paschal, who was on with Steiny Guru and Dibs yesterday. Had a terrific interview. If you missed it, uh, you can always go to 957thegame.radio.com. But I'm going to make it easier for you. I'm going to be playing. I'm going to be playing it coming up here at about 5:20 this morning. So you don't want to miss that. Steve Kerr, he had some stuff today. Stuff to, stuff to say. Excuse me about the starting lineup for the Golden State Warriors, and these comments made the round. So we'll get to that at 5:35. And Peter King, NFL insider. We've been trying to get different voices on to talk about this Deshaun Watson saga, and I think Peter King had some things to say with DRK yesterday uh, that brought us back to reality a little bit when it came to the Deshaun Watson to the 49ers conversation. He is on the other side uh, talking about that sort of thing. So... With all that being said, want to start off with a little serious baseball talk here uh, because you know the 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 Giants are always linked to these big free agents, right? Every single time that we get the free agent list of the top guys who are meant to leave their team this season and are going to be free agents in the off season, should the Giants take a look at them? You know. Whether it's Giancarlo Stanton a few years ago, Bryce Harper, and George Springer was the name that was brought up this year. Of course, part of the Houston Astros, one of the best uh, young players that we'd seen in the playoffs, even though now uh, he's in his early 30s. But uh, with the stuff that he was doing in the playoffs, not a lot of other guys had done before. He signed a five-year, $160 million deal with the Toronto Blue Jays last night. And that officially takes the Giants out of the running. But the Giants were never really in the running in the first place. And I'll get to it uh, in just a second and how it relates to the San Francisco Giants. uh, Because, look, watching the Blue Jays, Seeing how they've built their team, it's been pretty fascinating to watch. 
If you're a baseball fan, if you're just a if you're just a casual baseball fan who who doesn't really pay attention, you might not know this, but the Blue Jays, even though their record's not that great, and you don't see them on national TV uh, in the playoffs, they were third place last year in the AL East. They were 32 and 28. They've been building their team for a while, and they've been building it with. Not only uh, sons of players who have played in the major leagues before. I mean, they got Vladimir Guerrero Jr. They got Bo Bichette, who is Dante Bichette's son. They got Kevin Biggio. You may recognize that name because of Craig Biggio. They've been building this team for a while. And it's taken a little bit to develop them. But not only have they done that. This is all in the process leading up to their signing of Springer. Not only have they done that, but they've also made little signings here and there of veteran players who can help their team. So again, like I mentioned, Kevin Biggio, Vladimir Guerrero Jr., Bo Bichette, those are the types of guys that they've built in in in-house. Lourdes Gurriel uh, being another one. They got Teoscar Hernandez when it didn't really seem like his career was going anywhere for for the first couple of years, but then he went to Toronto and became a home run hitting machine. But they also signed guys like Travis Shaw. They've also signed, you know, Joe Panic. They also signed Jonathan VR. They have made these veteran signings, cheap signings, which can help the team. But they're veterans that can help the young guys. And they also signed Hyungjin Ryu, the popular pitcher, to a big deal. And now they signed George Springer to this one. And this is the type of blueprint that I think that the Giants would ideally like to follow. Right now, they're in a situation where they got a bunch of veteran players who are on the last legs of their contract, whether it be Brandon Belt, Brandon Crawford, after this season, Buster Posey, the team has an option with him uh, come 2022. It looks like there are going to be some shifts in this organization. And one thing that they want to do, I think coming up this year in 2021, and this is what the Joey Bar- this is what the Joey Bart going down to the minors signified to me, is they're going to take this season to really develop those young guys. I think they're going to keep them within the minor leagues for another season at least, and then gradually will start calling them up, like every organization does, right? But it's very rare where you see an organization when these young guys have as much promise. I mean, you can look at the Atlanta Braves. They already had Freddie Freeman, who was an all-star on the team. But then you call up guys like Ozzie Albies and Ronald Acuna, and your team is ultimately made better. But I, I, I do think that the Giants, for this next season, their roster is going to look relatively the same. But then coming up, you're going to have the Joey Barts. You're going to have the... Elio Ramoses. You're going to have the Marco Lucianos. Guys who you're hearing about right now. Patrick Bailey, once he starts getting a little older and getting some uh, getting some minor league reps. Hunter Bishop being another guy. These are the young guys they drafted so that they can develop in a couple of years. Find some veteran help here and there. Guys who can give you a little bit of pop. Guys who maybe uh, can, you know, uh, are good when conducive to the stadium or uh, against certain types of pitching and all that sort of stuff, I think that this George Springer deal, five years, $160 million, is the type of move that they will eventually want to make. And we were saying that, you know, Springer now, Springer now, Springer now, but getting a five-year deal, especially with this Giants team, well... Three years into that contract, it could have looked completely different. So I'm not saying that they're going to find a one of the best playoff hitters that we've seen in the past decade in a George Springer. I'm not going to be saying that. But there will be a free agent eventually, a 31-year-old type like George Springer, who can contribute to the team. 
and the Giants have some money to spend. The Toronto Blue Jays, this is their organization's biggest contract ever given to George Springer. It's only five years, $160 million. Compare that to, say, the likes of Mike Trout or Bryce Harper. You don't need to do these 10-, 12-year deals. We can even look back on Albert Pujols and Miguel Cabrera. You don't need to do these deals when these guys are a little past their primes or getting into their prime, so to speak, or on the last legs of their prime. 31 years old for George Springer is relatively old. But I do think that they could find a guy for a deal which is maybe five, six years pay him the big money, but do it two or three years down the line when you have developed these players and hopefully created a team that looks like it's going to be contending for the playoffs at some point. The NL West is absolutely stacked. They are absolutely stacked. And for the next year or two, Dodgers and the Padres are going to be the teams to beat. And that's who the Giants need to compete with. So I don't know if there's any rush in bringing up the younger guys. I think the Giants are going to want to develop them and follow that kind of Blue Jays blueprint where you bring up the young guys gradually, prove that they can play in Major League Baseball, get their confidence up, sign a pitcher to a relatively big deal, get a good pitcher, get some veteran guys around them on the cheap, and then also get that big free agent and boom, you're hoping to contend and try and get to the playoffs, at least through the wild card, maybe in 2022, in 2023, a couple of years down the line. This is why baseball takes so long. This is one of those things where we are looking at this organization from how they're going to look in a couple of years. We're not really looking at next season. Next season is more just, you know, thank you, everyone, for what you've done. But you're, but the the end of your contracts is here. We paid you for what you did instead of what you can do. And now that's coming to an end. That's really what this season's going to be in 2021 for the San Francisco Giants. And I'm looking forward to watching. I really am. I'm excited to watch this team this upcoming season. Maybe they'll surprise some people. Uh, but I do think that this Blue Jays blueprint that you're seeing right now is something that I would like to see the Giants do. And excuse me, thank you for the 415. You've been saying 5 for 160. It's 6 for 150. My goodness. Too early in the morning. Too early in the morning. How did I even write that down? Can't believe I wrote down 5 for 160 instead of 6 for 150. Way too early in the morning. But again, I just think that that's what the Giants need to do if they want to compete going forward. And the Blue Jays have given Giants fans, I think, a blueprint as to what success can look like going forward. Because the Blue Jays now, with the addition of George Springer, with the rise of Vladimir Guerrero Jr., Bo Bichette, you know, they got Hung Jin Ryu, their ace. They got a couple other pieces as well. Lourdes Gurriel. Teoscar Hernandez, they got some pieces, and they're going to be contending, I think, in 2021. It'll take a while. We need to be patient here, but we will see. 888-957-9570 is the text line as well as the phone number. Coming up next, you're going to hear from Eric Paschal, who was on with Steiny Guru and Dibs. He was on for a terrific interview yesterday and wanted to replay that for you. So that's going to be coming up at about 5.20. Also wanted to talk about Steve Kerr's comments regarding the starting lineup, which made the rounds yesterday. And Peter King, NFL insider, he had some things to say on DRK about Deshaun Watson and the chances that the 49ers uh, could try and trade for him. 888-957-957 for the 707, excuse me. I've never even seen the words Blue Jays and success in the same sentence. That's Mikey Dubs. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's weird, isn't it? But that's, that's where we're going to be now. And the AL East, 
You know, I don't know how the Red Sox are looking as of right now. It doesn't look like they're looking too great. The New- the Yankees are going to be the Yankees. They spend a ton of big money. Uh, who knows with them? But the Blue Jays, I do think, are going to be contenders for years to come. Kind of like the Atlanta Braves with the National League. That's what the Blue Jays are doing with the American League. 888-957-9570 is the text line and the phone number. If you want to weigh in on anything today, Steve Alec for doing all the pregame show, 95.7 The Game. Now back to the pregame show on 95.7 The Game. Here's Stephen Langford. Coming up here in about a minute, you're going to hear from Eric Paschal, who is on with Steiny, Guru, and Dibs. Just in case you missed it, want to replay the interview for you. It's not that long. It's about seven and a half minutes, uh, but it is uh, very valuable seven and a half minutes, and I wanted to replay that for you uh, coming up here. But just to put a bow on that last segment, 888-957-9570. Talking about George Springer's deal with the Blue Jays, signed a six year deal for $150 million. And this is a deal that I think the Giants can look at and think all right, we develop our young guys like the Blue Jays, wait a couple of years, and then make that splashy free agent signing instead of looking at a superstar and just giving him a 10-, 12-year deal just like that. Something that's worth it. Because five years, I think, for a baseball player is the perfect type of contract. And the Blue Jays ultimately made themselves that much stronger. But um, I do want to just, to put a to put a bow on it, I just want to mention that, uh, excuse me, it is six years, 150. Yeah, all right, we're good. It is, we're good. Okay. I'm just whew, had me shook there. I can't believe I wrote five years, hundred sixty million in my notes, and it's six years, one hundred fifty million. All right, we're good. Uh, but that being said, everything surrounding that, it's tough. It's tough to do that specific thing because you are kind of relying on those younger guys and to to develop into a team that looks like it could be a a playoff contender and is just one piece away. You can find those veteran players on the cheap, a Travis Shaw, Shaw, a Jonathan VR, players like that, Randall Grychuk, but you also can develop your young guys and build them into a team that just makes it a you know, a destination for free agents. With all that being said, incredibly tough. And from the 408, Giants wouldn't follow the Blue Jays' blueprint, even if former athletes walked their sons to the teams themselves. And also from the 408, this is not what I'm saying. If the Giants are contenders in 2021, I will donate 1K to the charity of your choice. I will take you up on that. But I'm not saying they're going to be contenders in 2021. I'm saying next year is just a, is just a type of year where you're just saying... Bye-bye to all the deals. So long to all those big contracts that weren't even signed during the Farhan Zaidi era. Bye-bye. See you later. I'm, I'm waving to nobody. But that's the, that's, what, that's the point I'm trying to make is it took a while for the Blue Jays to get to where they're at. And last year, again, 32 and, uh, and, and 28, which was good for third in the AL at least. But signing George Springer to that deal, in my opinion, uh, puts them at a point where they're going to be contending for that first spot in the AL East coming up this season. 888-957-9570 is the text line and the phone number if you want to continue to weigh in. But as promised, wanted to play uh, this interview from Warriors forward Eric Paschal on with Steiny Guru and Dibs yesterday has been just terrific uh, coming off the bench as that sixth man playing that small ball five. It's It's been awesome to watch uh, Eric Paschal so far this year. And, I mean, he's just been so efficient, shooting from mid-range, getting to the rack, everything. He's been he's been fantastic. And he was on with Steiny Guru and Dibs yesterday for a great interview. It's not that long. It's only about seven and a half minutes. And just in case you missed it, here it is. Steiny started out by asking Eric Paschal uh, what it was like to play against the Lakers on MLK Day. Oh, yeah, of course. I mean, everybody wearing the sneakers and the uh, 
MLK sneakers and Black History Month sneakers. But yeah, I mean, it, it was an honor to be the last game on and to play on this on that day. Honestly, I mean, uh, very good game, very good competition. Again, it's just a very big day in the NBA. So uh, yeah, it was an honor to play play that game last night. Uh, Eric, talk to us about last year because you had a damn good rookie season. But this year you're coming in at the small ball five, and you were just using your body. I mean, you, these guys are barbecue chicken. Talk to us about what's going, what mindset you have when you're coming off the bench, and has anything changed from this year to last year? Uh, I feel like my decision-making has gotten a lot better. But uh, Coach Kerr gave me the role to – to just be myself in that second unit as a small ball five, use my strength and speed as an advantage and uh, keep trying to attack. So, again, I just try to attack and uh, make my reads. And, again, I feel like my decision-making has become a lot better. So, uh, yeah, it's been good uh, playing the small ball five. I mean, it's not – people People look at playing the center position as a bad thing, especially young kids. But in my case, I'm I'm loving it. So – uh, again, I get, I get to play small ball five and uh, take advantage of my, my uh, matchup. How much pride are you and the rest of the guys coming off the bench taking in the level of feistiness that you show? It's Bazemore and it's Wanamaker and it's Loon and it's yourself and it's that sense of coming in there, even down double digits last night, still fighting. Where does that mentality come from? Uh, I guess we just have that mentality within ourselves i mean we just go out there we we go play and uh go handle our business i mean i feel like we have a lot of fun out there especially with that second unit i mean we get to play uh a good good like hard six seven minutes so we just use everything that's in the tank and uh try to get us uh obviously a bigger lead or get us back in the game eric pascal joining us on 95 7 the game golden state warriors i guess i gotta say center I guess I got to say center now instead of power forward. Hey, uh, hey, hey, Eric! I know he was a little before your time, but did you did you ever get a chance to watch uh, some Charles Barkley? Because I, I I think you've got some similarities in terms of your game to him. Uh, I've watched, of course, I've watched highlights. I mean, he's he's an all time great. I mean, he's great competitor. I love his game. Uh, a lot of people have said uh, Bayes calls me L train because of Larry Johnson too. Because he says I play very similar to him, mm. so uh, yeah, I, I definitely watched their highlights, and uh, yeah, he, he was a problem. He was a problem. Eric, I work with two guys that you know. If I ain't doing something right, they'll politely pull me to the side, send me a text message so I can get better. And where I'm going is, just last year you were a rookie, and now you're playing with a 19 year old rookie, James Wiseman. I'm wondering, do you do you go talk to him, or do you kind of let him come talk to you? How is that relationship and dynamic between the two of you? Uh, we actually have a great relationship. Um, again, James is such an open book, and he expects so so much like high of himself. Like he expects so highly of himself, and he wants to do so well. But uh, sometimes he gets frustrated because he wants to be on the court. He wants to do everything right. So I, sometimes I just pull him aside, but like, hey, there's, there's a lot of games left. You don't need to be. It's, it's not the end of the world. Like I know how we all know how good you want to be, and we all know how good you can. So. Again, you you just came out of high school. Like you played three games of college, and that was it. Like this is you're technically out of high school. So, again, he's going to get it. He's a great dude. Uh, again, he's just a sponge. He, whatever we tell him, he just listens and tries to apply it. And we all just uh, again, we all just try to challenge him to mentally just just stay engaged and don't worry about what's going on, whatever mistakes he's being made because he he has a very long future in this league. How much did your long tenure at Villanova help you be able to come in and in this second year be able to play physically with these grown men? You know, in some contrast to James just being 19 years and nine months old, did those years at Villanova really give you sort of a, an upper hand coming in as a young pro? Uh, yeah, I mean, I came in at 22, 23. Uh, and again, I played five years. I was in school five years. So again, I've it's funny, I used to be skinny. I used to be very, very skinny, and then I put on a lot of muscle. And then I became, everybody's been calling me a bully. So, uh, yeah, I, it, I feel like it helped me a lot. I mean, I, I embrace the contact. I like the contact. So, uh, yeah, I feel like that helps me out a lot.
And you talk about your strength. Is it something that you find yourself surprising some guys? Because I've seen you go up now, and nobody really takes it away from you above the rim with your shoulder strength and your arm strength. Do you you take some pleasure when you're able to smash on somebody who maybe gets surprised by you? Uh, Yeah. I mean, again, people people don't expect it. But, uh, again, I just use my strength. uh, Again, I I feel like being from New York and playing at a league like Dykeman is – Help me use my strength a lot more because it's very physical. You don't you don't get any calls, so uh, I've learned how to how to push through that. Hey, uh, real quick before we let you you go, Eric, I do want to ask you. You know, you're you're the small ball five, and and you've been terrific in that role. Is there any concern that you know you might be limited by that description, and th- that you're worried that hey you. You can do more than that. Uh, no, not really. I mean, I feel like even I play the small ball five. Uh, I'm still doing things I would do if I was a four or a three. Like I'm not, I'm not really stressing it that much. I mean, I'm still able to shoot threes. I'm still able to ISO. I'm still be able to tack off the dribble. So uh, again, I'm not really stressing it that much. I mean, I feel like I feel like now because the game is getting smaller. Uh, it could actually help me out just because they, I could play that five position. Hey, real quick, uh, no chance Jay Wright would be a good coach in the NBA, right? I mean, he'd struggle, right? Uh, no, I wouldn't say that. Uh, <laughs> I feel like I feel like uh, Coach Wright would be a great coach in the NBA. Uh, he, I definitely feel like he has the offensive schemes and uh, knows the game of basketball very, very well. So. Uh, and defensively, so I, I feel like he could be a great coach. Would he leave? I don't know. Yeah, that's above the question. Me. Yeah, that's above me, but uh, I feel like he could he could be very successful as a coach. Hey, Eric, man, thanks for joining us. Really appreciate it. Uh, keep it going for the rest of this. I mean, you starting to think about six man of the year at this point, or too early? Uh, I've, I've been seeing it a lot, but uh, <laughs> again, I'm gonna just keep trying to do, play my role and. See, see what see what happens from that. And that was Eric Paschal on with Steiny Guru and Dibs yesterday. Just wanted to replay that for you. And a couple of notes from that before uh, we get to what Steve Kerr had to say, because Eric Paschal has been leading this second unit, and they've been fantastic so far this year, has kept them in games, uh, helped along with that Lakers win uh, with Eric Paschal and Kelly Oubre leading the way with that second unit. But so far, Eric Paschal averaging just over 12 points a game in 19 minutes on the floor, averaging 19 minutes on the floor, and he's shooting 53% from the field right now. So he has been very good, but how much of a compliment would that be if people are telling you that you're a bully on the court. Imagine that. Imagine being at Eric Pascal's place, second-year player. You know, he's 23 years old, but imagine being at Eric Pascal's spot. Excuse me, 24 years old. Uh, imagine being in his spot and being called or being told that you have that reputation of being a bully on the court. Man, there'd be no better compliment than that. And that he said Baysmore reminded him uh, of Larry Johnson. Oof, it's great. It's great. But he's been the leader of that second unit so far. Him playing small ball center has completely changed things up. And coming up next, Steve Kerr had some things to say on DRK yesterday about the starting lineup for the Warriors. It made the rounds. Wait till you hear what he has to say. That's coming up next. Plus... Peter King was also with DRK, and he had some things to say about Deshaun Watson and whether the Niners can be competitive against other teams in this Deshaun Watson sweepstakes. 888-957-9570 is the text line and the phone number if you want to weigh in on anything we're talking about today. Plus, we got the Warriors and the Spurs. That's coming up tonight. We'll do a little preview. That's all coming up next. Stephen Langford on the pregame show, 95.7 The Game. Now back to the pregame show on 95.7 The Game. Here's Stephen Langford. 
Jack Fitton on the pregame show, 95.7 The Game, leading it up until 6 o'clock as the morning roast will take you the rest of the way. Want to get to what Peter King, as well as Steve Kerr, had to say on with Damon Ratto and Kolsky yesterday. Uh, but has anyone else woke up randomly with the Geico commercial song in your head? With tag team and tag team doing the ice cream and doing the scoop. There it is. Because I woke up this morning and I have had that song in my head the entire morning. Can't get it out. There it is. I can't stop singing it. Is anyone else with me? 888-957-9570 is the text line or the phone, or the phone number. Look, I'm 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 an easy guy to get to laugh when it comes to commercials. A lot of people just scoff at commercials, but I tend to actually find them abnormally hilarious. Right now, the progressive commercials they got going with the guy who is telling people how to not be their parents, I think those are great. But that Geico one with the scoop, there it is. It's just so catchy. It's so catchy. And I can't get it out of my head. I haven't been able to get it out of my head this morning. But we will talk some actual sports here. Triple eight nine five seven nine five seven zero is the text line and the phone number. So the Deshaun Watson sweepstakes. Want to start off with the 49ers here. Wait till you hear what Steve Kerr had to say about the starting lineup for the Golden State Warriors. I got some numbers for you and some comparisons from uh, this starting lineup. <laughs> Thank you for the 5-1-0. Chocolate, chocolate, chocolate. <laughs> Can't get it out of my head. It's going to be in my head for in the next couple of months. Uh, but wait till you hear what Steve Kerr has to say about the starting lineup for the Golden State Warriors. I got some uh, I got some stats here uh, that prove that they haven't been the best so far, but also why you should stick with them going forward. But the Deshaun Watson sweepstakes is something that we have been talking about for a while. And that's really for the past couple of weeks, ever since Deshaun Watson has expressed his frustration with the organization and just not letting him really have a voice. I said he would let him have a voice, but in the end it's fallen on deaf ears. And really that all started with Eric Bieniemy, offensive coordinator for the Kansas City Chiefs. He asked them to interview Eric Bieniemy. They didn't take his word for it. Hell, Robert Sala, Deshaun Watson threw in Robert Sala's name. They didn't do anything about that. And his frustration has grown more and more. And it looks like, again, at first, I almost, I just assumed he was going to stay with the Texans. I really did. I just thought this was another disgruntled athlete. They hired a new GM, Nick Casario. Maybe he'll have a sit-down meeting with them. We have seen this before where a star player is mad at the organization and then you read up the next morning that he had a one-on-one, the player had a one-on-one with the GM, and they're all good, a.k.a. I mean, I mean, one player I could think of off the top of my head is Jamal Adams, for example. Now, he stayed with the team for a little bit, and we know what happened with him, but that's another guy, a star player, who is disgruntled with their team, their head coach, Whoever, and we haven't really seen reports like that from this Deshaun Watson thing. We haven't seen him, we haven't seen the report that he had a one on one with Nick Casario, the new GM, and they've hashed things out. They're going to move forward as an organization. It is looking more and more like he will be traded from the 707. Sprinkles! Underrated part of that. Right as the camera's fading out, the guy from Tag Team just throws sprinkles up in the air and goes, Sprinkles! Anyway. Um, but I, I do think that the 49ers, and really ever since this all, until we really knew, okay, he's not going to be with Houston anymore, I thought, the, I thought the 49ers, they got some picks here and there, and I actually thought that with him commenting on that Instagram post, I know that doesn't mean much, but that clearly shows that he knows the 49ers are one of the teams that are looking for a quarterback, so... 
I figured, yeah, okay, they could be in this Deshaun Watson sweepstakes here. But then you look at all the other teams that are expected to go after this guy. And Peter King, NFL insider, 95-7 the game, NFL insider, he was on with DRK yesterday, and he talked about whether the Niners can be competitive uh, within the Deshaun, Watson, the Deshaun Watson trade talks. Here's Peter King from yesterday on DRK. I don't think they can be competitive with a bunch of teams that are absolutely desperate to get this guy. And the 49ers... I think, every, hey, look, there's 15 teams that would like this guy. But the only way the 49ers can do this, in my opinion, is to convince them to be in love with Garoppolo, and I don't know if they can do it, and then to trade, I don't know, three or four ones to even be competitive in this thing. And I don't know that Kyle Shanahan or John Lynch would say that that's very smart. So Peter King said that and then followed up and was talking about the actual desperation that these other teams have for Deshaun Watson. You're going to have an awful lot of competition for this player. And there are going to be some teams that my guess is are going to be more desperate than you are. Because if I'm Kyle Shanahan, of course I want Deshaun Watson. You know, no question that I want Deshaun Watson. But let's keep this most important thing in mind. There are right now probably three teams with a massive amount of draft capital, massive, that could make a much better offer for Deshaun Watson than you could, okay? What about the New York Jets? The New York Jets could offer the second pick of the draft plus Sam Darnold plus, say, two future high picks, which if I were them, I would do. I would do it right now. And not only... Do you hear that from the Jets? You also got the Dolphins, who I, I don't know how much they believe in Tua Tungavialoa if they're going to bench him toward one of the last weeks of the season against the Las Vegas Raiders, for example. I mean, that happens with rookie QB sometimes, but he hasn't had the impact, say, of a Justin Herbert. He hasn't looked like that. So the Dolphins are in the sweepstakes, too. Now, the Jets, they have some compelling offers with their draft picks, like Peter King just said, and that's a hell of a lot to give up. And that's what always gets lost in these conversations is that, you know, the Niners aren't the only team looking for a quarterback right now. And, I mean, you could look at teams like the Chicago Bears, I mean, that's a team that is desperate to get out of their quarterback situation. And, 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 you know, we're talking about all these teams within the AFC and the Jets and the Dolphins. I think the Texans would be much more inclined. That's where I give the 49ers the edge just a little bit as far as just their or their conference. I'd say that the Texans, if I was Nick Casario, I wouldn't want Deshaun Watson within the AFC. I'm trying to compete with the likes of Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, those guys right now. Justin Herbert, another guy. I'm trying to compete with the likes of these dudes in the AFC. I'd much rather Deshaun go to the NFC, and if we face him any time within the postseason, I would much rather have it be in the Super Bowl as opposed to anywhere else. That's where... I, that's what my line of thinking would be if I was the GM and Nick Casario. However, it gets to that point where you wonder what teams would be willing to give up. And if Nick Casario just says, hey, I know they're within the same conference as us. I know I've been thinking that I want to get him to an NFC team if I'm going to get him anywhere. But... This offer that this team in the AFC has given is way too good to pass up. We'll take that situation. And I think that right now it's just tough for me to dissect whether any team is going to be, uh, whether any team is going to dangle any, you know, stars, star players. I don't know if any of that's going to happen. Draft picks are really what it's looking like right now. We've heard three first-rounders. You just heard Peter King. He said he doesn't even know if three or four first-rounders and Jimmy Garoppolo 
is going to be enough for Deshaun Watson. And that means the 49ers would have to give up a little more. Personally, I think it'd be worth it because it's Deshaun Watson. It's, I mean, you do whatever you can. It's the same, it's slightly the same thing as the Giannis Antetokounmpo sweepstakes, except they're not getting, uh, it's not like the Warriors would be, uh, it, the Warriors would be getting an MVP in Giannis, but it's similar to that. In, look, if you have a chance to get this guy, you give up whatever it takes in order to get him. We'll have conversations, you know, say if, if Clay's on the table, that sort of thing, but. If you're gonna say Andrew Wiggins or Draymond Green, yeah, yeah, we'll 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 offer that in order for Giannis for sure. And Jimmy Garoppolo kind of in that same instance right now. You know the Bosa's and the Warners. That's kind of like that's kind of how you're looking as a 49ers as those stars, right? The ones where you'd have to debate whether you want to trade them away. But if you're just saying that Jimmy Garoppolo is on the table as well as three first round draft picks, yeah. Yeah, I'm willing to take that deal. Triple eight nine five seven nine five seven zero from the seven oh seven. The forty ers cannot afford to give up draft picks to get Watson. They have to revamp and bolster the defense. Also need to address the O line. Stick with Jimmy and draft a quarterback. And I think seven oh seven that you are talking realistically with that. And we love that. But also Whenever a trade like this happens, and I'm trying to be as realistic as possible, but sometimes all realistic thoughts go out the window. It's just, get me that star player right now. Get me that star player. Because what you mentioned about the O-line, I would come in here, I, I, I would come in here expressing so much about how important an offensive line is and the fact that they need to build one. I would be doing... I would be doing a show on that, quite frankly, because I I agree with you. They need to address the O-line, and and whether they pay Trent Williams or not, I think is a discussion that will be on this radio show when the time comes. But now that Deshaun Watson's out there and his name is being thrown around in trade talks, can't help but want to talk about that. But I agree with you. I do think that that's what they're ultimately going to do. Um, stick with Jimmy for one more year, draft a quarterback, and develop him there. See who Kyle Shanahan likes. But I can guarantee you that more than any of those guys that are going to be drafted this season, those quarterbacks, Kyle Shanahan would like Deshaun Watson just a little bit more than that. But triple eight nine five seven nine five seven zero is the text line and the phone number. In case you were wondering, about twelve minutes later, yes. Yes, I still do have that Geico song in my head. Scoop! There it is! It just It's playing in the background of my head the entire time. I had the mic off with the Peter King audio. I was singing it off mic. I can't help it. The best way to get a song out of your head is to listen to it multiple times. <laughs> oh, man. I, I, I know you're the same way. I know you listening in your car right now at 5:50 in the morning you have had at least one day where that guy where you woke up and that geico song is in your head Triple eight nine five seven nine five seven zero. uh but want to transition to the warriors because steve kerr head coach for the golden state warriors was on uh with drk yesterday and he had this to say about the starting lineup and their struggles early on. And I got some stats for you as soon as the clip is over. But listen to what Steve Kerr had to say about this starting lineup that the Warriors are throwing out there right now. The team is, is learning on the fly. And, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll be you know, very honest. If I, if I had to win a game tomorrow, I, I wouldn't start that group. If this was a one, one-time thing, I, I would start a different group and probably, you know, go to some different combinations. But this is the team that I want to see develop a really good defensive identity. And James needs to be out there. Kelly and Andrew need to be together on the wings, guarding, you know, LeBron and Kawhi and Paul George and all those guys. So it's going to take some time. And in the meantime, there's going to be some growing pains. But I'm okay with it because for us to be great down the road, whether it's by the end of this year or even next season, James has to develop and and Kelly and Andrew have to get comfortable and and so I'm willing to, you know, to sacrifice some things here early in the season to try to get to where we want to go later on. And that is Kerr being just super candid. And 
before you make too much of that, before you just say, he doesn't trust the starting lineup, this isn't going to work, blah, blah, blah. No, he's not saying that. He is just speaking facts right now because the starting unit for this team, the starting five, which is compromised of Steph Curry, Andrew Wiggins, Kelly Oubre, Draymond Green, and James Wiseman, they've had the highest usage among all the lineups of the Warriors so far. And here are their stats. They're averaging 14 minutes a game. The next uh, the next lineup up that's averaged more than that, or, or, or is, the next up is averaged five minutes a game. So uh, that lineup is Wanamaker, Bazemore, Wiggins, Damian Lee, and Eric Paschal. That is the uh, that is the the second unit that we always talk about. But the starting five is averaging 14 minutes a game, averaging 28 points, 44 percent from the field, 27 percent from three, and their overall a minus five. Now, when you look at that and you read those numbers and you compare it to say, let's just look at the Lakers, the team that the Warriors just beat, a team where you look at the second unit and the defense down the stretch in the fourth quarter and you say, that's the reason they won the game. Compare the starting unit on the Warriors. Again, a minus five rating shooting 27% from three. Let's compare that to the starting unit of the Lakers, which is compromised of Dennis Schroeder, Contavious Caldwell-Pope, Anthony Davis, LeBron James, and Mark Gasol. The Warriors, again, are a minus five. The Lakers, best team in the NBA, they're a plus seven. From three, they're shooting 45%. From three. And the Warriors are averaging 28% from three from that starting unit. So there's a lot that we need to unpack as far as what the unit's going to look like going forward. And you compare it to the Spurs, the lineup that they use more than any other lineup. I mean, they're not that great. They got a minus 1.4 net rating, but you'd think that the Warriors starting five would be better than that starting five. And the Warriors are currently at a minus five right now. And they are shooting, the Spurs are shooting 35% from three with that starting unit, as opposed to the Warriors, who again are shooting 28%. So I understand what Steve Kerr is saying, because if you're throwing out that lineup tomorrow, you're most likely down by five if you're going to try and win a game. And that being said, I think this starting unit has room to grow. I don't think that this is their identity. I don't think they're going to be shooting 28% from three, 27 and a half if you want to get technical with it. I think with Wiseman and Curry and Wiggins and Oubre and Green, that's the starting unit they're most likely going to go with. I don't know if I see a change being made uh, with, say, Kelly Oubre, which has been talked about. The only switch I see is maybe putting Oubre with that second unit a little more than, say, Andrew Wiggins. That's the only change I see happening. But I don't see any of this starting five changing. It doesn't sound like Steve Kerr sees any of it changing, but he is just being brutally honest, and I think it's very refreshing just to hear a coach speak like that. And... It made the rounds yesterday, and you see a lot of NBA insiders, you know. Um, I saw Amin Hassan tweet about this yesterday. He said, he actually quote tweeted 95-7 in the game when we put this clip out there. And he said, believe it or not, a lot of NBA coaches aren't afraid to admit this behind the scenes. It's just something that you don't see too often. And... This year with the starting five, it's the first time we've heard Kerr even say anything like this about the starting rotations and had any questions. So it's all new to us, at least for the past five, six years. It's all new to us here in this sort of thing, and we're not used to it. But seeing the numbers right now, there's a lot of room for improvement. But the number I do like are the 13 rebounds per game in those 14 minutes.
good rebounding starting five. And I think that's a good starting point because, again, they're not going to shoot 28% from the three-point line the entire season. I don't believe that. 888-957-9570 from the 408. Philip Rivers announces his retirement, another contender for Watson. I actually mentioned that because I mentioned that when Watson first came up because Philip Rivers only got a one-year deal worth $25 million uh, to play on that team. And you saw after the playoffs, most likely it was going to be his final game. Um, as a guy who grew up a Raider fan, I am supposed to not like Philip Rivers, you know? He's the annoying quarterback who has talked more mess than any other quarterback against the Raiders. He's the most winningest quarterback all time against the Raiders. But you got to respect it. The competitiveness that he had, the rage, the passion that he had for the game. Just watch last year. Go back and watch his end-of-the-season presser uh, with the Chargers and tell me that that's not the type of guy who loves Football. I understand it if you're not a fan of Philip Rivers because of the way that he acts, but it's different strokes for different folks, and you're really on one side or the other. You love him or you hate him. Personally, I've always liked Philip Rivers and what he's done, and he's retiring from the NFL after 17 seasons. And also, I do want to say I don't think that the Texans would want to trade within that division. Nick Casario saying, nah. uh <laughs> if Deshaun Watson's going somewhere else, I'm not seeing him two times every season. Triple eight nine five seven nine five seven zero is the text line and the phone number. Coming up next, the morning roast with Kate Scott, Joe, the Butcher Boy Shasky, and Bonte Hill. We got Warriors and Spurs coming up tonight, so we'll stay tuned and preview all of that. Thanks for joining me, everyone. I'll be back tomorrow at five AM ninety five seven the game. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply.